Hello, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, where I get to speak with the weird, wacky, and wonderful people of this world, people I love and adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest goes by Millennial Max, a.k.a. Max Thorpe. He loves Chipotle Mexican Grill. Snapchat is his favorite social media app. He is an avid Netflix watcher. Born in the early 90s. Right now, he is a marketing manager for M. Cordis, and he also has his own column on CMO.com, Adobe's thought leadership platform for all things marketing. Hey, Millennial Max, thank you for being here today. Hey, Mish, how you doing? So glad to be on the show. I know. Well, this is fun because this is our first call-in show. Max is not here he is via the phone lines right now. And where are you right now? I'm actually in Eugene, Oregon, uh, but usually I'm based back in San Jose, California. Okay. I'm here visiting for a uh, friend's graduation that I had yesterday, and I'm actually flying back in a couple hours. So what is your favorite thing about Eugene, Oregon? Oh, gosh, this might sound <laughs> weird. Uh, I might say the weather. Uh <laughs> Uh, I, when I first came here, I mean, I, I heard the typical stereotypes about Eugene being rainy all the time. And don't get me wrong, it's, it's raining. In fact, it was raining about two hours ago. <laughs> uh, the weather the weather can change in the flick of a flick of a switch. I mean, I've definitely gone to classes a couple years back. Uh, leave my leave my room wearing shorts and a t shirt, and uh, within stepping out the door, I'm soaked in rain. <laughs> but I don't mind uh, rain. But do you, oh, so you don't carry yeah. an umbrella? I never carry an umbrella, so I will get soaking wet if it's raining. Oh, me too. Uh, and I've rarely, despite going to Oregon, rarely ever got caught out in the rain with a raincoat, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but All I have right. many, many different jackets. So this is, you say you are an avid Netflix watcher, as am I. So tell me some of your binge watching. Have you binge watched anything? Uh, uh I actually, the recent show uh, that I just watched is uh, called Cuckoo. Oh my gosh, uh, it's hilarious. Oh my God, have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. A, <laughs> I'm a huge Andy Sandberg fan, uh, and I didn't realize he was in the uh, first season of that show, because uh, I've also definitely seen every episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, mm. Fantastic in that as well. I have uh, not seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, I have to write this down. I will binge yeah, that one no, later. that's a good one to watch. It's like a comedy police show. But Cuckoo uh, is hilarious, isn't it? Up. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, a, cr- he's like a wacky spiritual ki- guy <laughs> kind of making up his <laughs> yeah, life as like he goes along. Kind of appropriate for this show. I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's, it's British comedy a lot of the time, which I get a kick out of. Yes. Because uh, it's just not something I'm familiar with. And, uh, and having uh, my... Uh, business partner uh, with Michael Becker's Paul Bernie, he's based in London. Uh, it's funny because I mean, no, he's like the only I'd say good friend of mine that uh, that I know from the UK. Uh, and so I'm watching the show and I'm comparing little things here and there to get a kick out of it, kind of seeing some relation. Okay, so you're super young, but has anybody told you to ever watch Monty Python? Oh, I have seen Monty Python. Okay, because that's <laughs> pretty hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've seen the Holy Grail, uh, I've seen the Life of Brian, uh, and I've seen a uh, few of the different skits. Very uh, good, especially the yeah, especially the one with the crazy walks. It's one of my favorites. Oh, that that's a now that one is okay. So then that same guy, John Cleese, he played in another show, Faulty Towers. Have you ever seen that one? Austin Towers. 
No, faulty towers. <laughs> oh, I, I have seen Oscars. I've not seen that. No. All right, I'm going to have to send you information about faulty towers because that one too is hilarious that I remember. I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it. So some things don't always age well. Like you watch them later and you're like, oh, it's not funny anymore. But I remember watching it. At the time I watched it, it was pretty darn funny. So, okay, let me ask you. Okay, I, I have not really fully adopted Snapchat yet. So tell me why I should adopt it. I want to. I envy people that okay. get Snapchat. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, well, it's, I think, uh, of all the different social media channels, I mean, I'm not a big, uh, I don't tweet a lot, uh, so I'm not huge on Twitter, so if you really want to, like, see kind of a day-by-day life to, like, rather than, you know, typical, like, Facebook or Instagram, where it's generally, like, pictures of really cool food or events, uh, Snapchat can be just, like, kind of like little things that happen throughout your day. Uh, so it's kind of like a, it's a good way. I've really liked it because I've it helps me kind of stay connected with the people in Oregon or the people I've met in my travels with, uh, Cordis. So in Atlanta, for instance. Now, do you uh, make your own filters? Cause I just downloaded an app the other day. So what, here I am not even using Snapchat yet. I got an app so I can start making my own filters <laughs> in the case that I start getting into Snapchat. Oh, I mean, the filters you can spend hours on just, <laughs> and they get some good ones. And I love, I mean, I love how uh, the geotags too, if you're in a different location, you've got your specific little logo unique to that city. And what's your favorite? So, because I, when I look at my daughter on it, she's either doing, I don't know, there's like rainbows that come out of her mouth or there's one where she has I've, little I've flowers in her yeah. hair. So which is your favorite of those? Um. I mean, I don't, the one that I really like comes and goes. It was like a Viking, and it gave me a beard uh, and the Viking hat. Uh, but I also really like, there's one, uh, well, there's there's the face swap, of course. Yes, that's uh, freaky weird. That's, that's probably the best. Yeah. <laughs> that one kind of I mean, <laughs> scares me. All right, my daughter was able to do it the other day with her dog, though, and that was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, my, my brother's. My brother's using it sometimes, and he'll just be like taking a picture of like a magazine. So he swaps faces with like James Franco or something. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, now I have yeah, to try that. Yeah, and he'll like really good ones. He'll screenshot and they'll send me the. Well, send them to me on Snapchat too. But oh, that's hilarious. Okay, I have to try. So I'm I'm like trying to get myself to get into Snapchat, but you know, it's like okay, now I have to learn this other thing. But I'll get there. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to think a whole lot about it and. I mean, one thing that I uh, have like started kind of realizing is that I don't have that many uh, followers on Snapchat. It's harder to get, I would say, than like Instagram or Twitter. In that, in order to really get uh, your name out via Snapchat, you kind of got to use other channels. I gotcha, but I think that was that was the case with Instagram in the beginning too, wasn't it? In the beginning, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it'll get there like anything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still love it so. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're doing a great job. I mean, one thing that I uh, would like in the app, uh, but I can see why they don't have it, is you can't create like a group of people and continuously send them Snapchats. You've got to individually go in and select it each time. Yeah. But I mean, I think that that keeps you from spamming people. Well, yes, and no one likes to be spammed. Plus, there's weirdos out there that you really don't want Snapchatting you. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Millennial Max. Awesome.
and you're back with Mishmash, and we are talking to Millennial Max. So, calling yourself Millennial Max, do you feel like you could be a speaker for your generation? Well, that's, I mean, that's the kind of the big, that's an interesting question because the big thing about it, the generation's huge. Uh, and so the idea of accurately summing up the entire generation is, I'd say, like impossible to do is by uh, one person for sure. But I mean, even more than that, because you've got people right now who are considered millennials who are 35, married, uh, have a steady job, have kids, they're in that stage of their life and their shopping habits, their talking habits, all of everything is going to be much different than someone who's 20 right now coming out of college. Uh, just getting their first job, you know, looking for a place to move out. Do they go back and live with their parents? I mean, that's becoming more and more common. Uh, so to sum up the entire generation and say we all like Snapchat, uh, even that's too, too broad. Right. Uh, but there are, like, certain um, kind of unique things that we've gone through in our lives that definitely we've all shared and can relate to. Uh, so, I mean, we've seen kind of this rise, and particularly, I think the big thing right now is, is smartphones. Uh, that's had a huge part in changing our life behavior, our uh, what's considered uh, rude, you know, simple mannerisms now. I mean, I I grew up uh, being raised where, you know, no, no cell phones at the table. If you get a phone call, you don't answer it during dinner. Uh, and now that's, you know... At lunch, for instance, you see people on their phones all the time. Just it's assumed that you're going to have them, and it's going to be out. It does and this it kind of change. Well, does it bother you? Because you know, I, I, when I have people that say, you know, it's just so rude when people are sitting there on their phones, and I'm thinking, it's not rude. It's just what people do now. Um, yeah, I mean, so even even at events, for instance, I mean, back in St. Louis, you see people and they're speaking, and the audience, half of them are on their phones. Uh, and it's just like, oh, you know, how disrespectful they're not paying attention to the to the speaker. When they could be tweeting about it, they could be taking notes about it, they could be taking a picture about it, posting it, promoting it, uh, or they could be, you know, sitting and playing Candy Crush. And not paying attention. <laughs> so you do have you do have both sides of the spectrum still, uh, but it's not necessarily the case. I mean, and and going to just high school when phones became a thing, it was teachers. You know, the first immediate thing is, oh, this is a distraction that she needs to be put away. Right. Uh, and I, you know, I haven't been back to high school, but I'm curious to see whether or not that still is adamantly enforced or if it's come to the point now where it's expected or encouraged to follow along with your phone. Well, uh, I don't think it's, a, I know for my daughter, it's not. Um, and they're not supposed to use their phone at all in class time. Um, and then there's even just a little bit of a, oh, were you doing, you know, using your phone in between class time? Cause, cause I had to go up to school one time and, and they even asked her like, well, did she text you? And I'm like, she texted me, but it was not during class, you know, so, yeah. you don't get in, so she didn't get in trouble. <laughs> like, and, uh, she exactly. should text me when there's something up that I have to come and address and talk to you about. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because we're more connected now than ever, but we're also more kind of socially disconnected than ever. Cause we got this device in our pockets that can do pretty much anything uh, with us all the time. But it's also the end of boredom. Do you feel like it's the end of boredom? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if there's a point where I'm kicking it, you know, waiting in line for groceries and it's long or something or waiting for a bus. Yeah. I'm of course I'm going to be on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, what else would I be doing? <laughs> <laughs> I 
unless unless I've got someone you know to talk talk to next to me. I, mean, I do like talking still, but uh, it's just it's made it so easy to stay connected with people that you otherwise wouldn't. So if you could share something with the older generations, you know, just like a, hey, we're, you know, this is on behalf of the millennials. I would like to explain something to you or share something with you. What, what would that be? Uh, I think the big takeaway is, is that we are, we're each, you know, a connected individual and we're in different states of beings. You know, there's points where we're buying something. There's points where we're selling something. There's points where we're working. There's points where we're relaxing. Get the idea. Uh, and so we want to be connected with, for instance, by brands when we're when we're shopping, but nothing more. I mean, there's this kind of annoyance of backlash against advertising promoting now uh, because having a mobile phone makes it that much easier. Right. Uh, at the same time, that's that's also where a lot of people want to be interacting with their brands because uh, it's always with us. Because it's you know quick away. If I have a question about pricing if I have a question about what something is, where something is, I can figure it out just by going on my phone. Uh so I think the big idea is we're we're past this age where you can treat us like a TV commercial would in the sense that assume that we're paying attention. because uh, a lot of times we're not. Uh, you got two <laughs> devices. <laughs> you have two devices competing for your attention. Now if not more, you can throw tablets in the mix catch your phone. Uh, but I mean, we, I think, uh, I think millennials, and this is speaking, I guess, from young to old, uh, I think we could all agree that we, uh, we don't like, uh, commercials and we also don't like, uh, being advertised to in the sense of just looking for money. I think there's a point now where we expect, uh, we expect to, to get some sort of benefit prior to even purchasing now. Right. That's what, but I feel, and I feel that same way. Like it's, here's something that we want to share with you. And then we hope that you become a customer later, but really it's just about the sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's an interesting practice because I mean, it's, just, it's entirely new. This, this concept of giving before buying. Right. Uh, and you see it in marketing and it's, it's almost expected. you got to, you know, you got to give the, I mean, you, See, like Pandora, Spotify, you get your free, it's not even a trial. It's, you know, you, you can do stuff now, but you do it with ads if you want to not pay for it. Otherwise, you got to, you got to fess up the five, ten bucks, whatever it is. And that's, you know, that's, that's Netflix. That's uh, Spotify, Pandora. Uh, and you've seen a lot more of these type of models and it's almost expected. And like when it comes to like marketing the software, uh, I mean, a lot of different, I mean, HubSpot is what we use a lot and it's, got a ton of freemium models where you can do a lot with the source as is and if you pay for it you'll get more right oh i love hubspot they they boy the they, they like, have the um, best marketing information out there oh my yeah i mean i i learned so much from just taking their inbound uh marketing course and getting certified in that and i was like wow this is this could be a class in college and be on par with everything i've learned oh awesome well i'll tell you what sir we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with Millennial Max in just a moment. And 
and you are listening to Mishmash. We are back here with Millennial Max. And okay, it's crazy, wacky question time. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so this first question is not super wacky, but I think it's super interesting um, because this happens with every generation that there are certain social rules or norms. But then the the incoming generation is there, you know, taking their their hold onto, you know, taking over the stewardship of the earth or what have you. Um, that they look at and go, that is just weird, and we probably need to change that. So, are there any social rules or norms out there that you think could use some changing? Huh. Ah, yeah, that's that a is, tough one. That is a wacky. All right, this gets you to think. Uh, well, like the first thing that kind of comes to mind is. When when is it okay to to call someone? Is there a point where it's too late or too early to call someone? Uh, where you should text them instead? And if you know, if so, when do those lines begin? And is it so dependent on age or like how do you how do you define that? Because I mean, I I grew up when when I wanted to hang out with someone, I you know go to my neighbor's house and knock on their door, but I I couldn't go before ten. Uh, so before <laughs> ten, be like oh you know they're getting ready, you know <laughs> that's too early. Uh, oh, that makes that's that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. Like, where's the where's the cutoff time? Like, don't call. Like, I will tell people. I kind of give my boundaries to people. You know, say, look, if you're you're texting me after six o'clock, I'm sort of brain dead, so I probably won't. I may not respond. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, maybe it know, has I, to be like a conversation not, yeah. we have. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. So it's like, is it, does it change uh, weekend versus weekday? I mean, there's a point where you don't want to be bombarded with emails or texts related to work and there's points where it's it's okay right uh and when does that start when does that end and and it gets tricky with time zones and all that well yeah but uh, that's the yeah it's the first that's the first thing that comes to my mind i like it is uh yeah that should be like on our business cards you may text me before and after Yeah, my operating hours are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our own. They should let that on. Because on Facebook, you can do it for a business, right? So maybe we should have operating hours for personal accounts. Exactly. <laughs> All right. You listen to well, Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah. <laughs> we just gave you an awesome tip. All right. So with your, you go by Millennial Max. So let's say that's going to be a band. What's the name of your first hit? Millennial Max. Um, that's... <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, how about something like, uh, connecting with you? Oh, perfect. Or maybe, uh, <laughs> try, so you could, uh, you could look into that and maybe get kind of, uh, well, like, actually I think deep, you could uh, just expand it. Like it could be a really long song title connecting with you on Facebook, LinkedIn, chat, Snapchat, <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's got different verses with each channel. Oh, that'd be cool. There you go. Okay, so when you write this song, will you send it to me? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, my next question is, so there's slam dance, right? A form of dancing to rock music in which the dancers deliberately collide with one another. Another. There's slam poetry. You have to, what is your slam? What are you going to make up as your slam? So is it like a... It's whatever you want to be. You can take this wherever you want to go. You have free and and open license. So slam poetry. So it's just kind of like poetry. About oh, slam me or poetry. About- I think is like a kind of a competition where it's like different oh. people get up and they do their poems. But it, there's one, and I will tell you, it's so hilarious. It's called I Am Spock, 
Uh-huh. You have to just look it up on YouTube. I am Spock. It's one of the. It's it's very hilarious and funny. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Yes. So slam poetry, it's not, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, rhyme or have a certain cadence to it. It's more like one person just, you know, it's they're they're on a subject and they they talk about it, but you know, they talk about it in a in a sort of, you know, like da 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 da, da kind of way. <laughs> okay. Well, so it's like, it kind of sounds like uh You have to call it the slam like like a like a, like a rap battle kind of like slam, slam rap. Down like a riff. I don't know. Slam yeah, rap okay. could be a thing or yeah. slam striding. I don't know. <laughs> slam walking. It well, could be another slam, form of exercise. And then there's slam dance and that's slam that's dance. Like a, You've never heard of slam dance. No. Really? It's like a mosh pit kind of thing. That's what I'm yes. Like, there you go. Think mosh pit. Okay. You got it. I'm yeah. thinking like heavy metal, like headbanging head. Just they, it's it's like place, you you okay. will leave with bruises kind of dancing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, yeah, no, I know what that is. So I'm doing slam slam poetry. No, I know. I want I want you to come up with your own slam. Like you're in Oregon, maybe you do slam skiing. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. I see. What, what might they do in Eugene? Slam coffee. <laughs> I, I am slamming down a coffee right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that's uh, it. Slam coffee in Oregon with Millennial Max. I'd go. I mean, I find like a drive-in quick shop and it's uh, each different coffee has got something kind of slam related. Uh, <laughs> you got your, <laughs> you slam got your standard <laughs> slam. <laughs> you got your slam cup. You got your uh, uh, pound, uh, little little pound mini coffee. Uh Oh no, I'm just stiff all now. <laughs> well, we can we can be done with slams. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about CMO.com though. We I want to touch on that. Uh, I mean, I I was ecstatic to finally be able to write for them. I uh, had initially heard about CMO after Michael was interviewing CMO.com, and then I like, put it on our website. And uh, and usually, like depending on the article, maybe they'll stay up for a week or two. Uh, but with that one, we kept it up for for a while, for at least a month. Because uh, Michael's like, no, CMO.com's a big deal. Uh, and so I was first introduced uh, to the idea of writing for CMO after uh, being in a mobile marketing course in Atlanta. And one of the uh, editors there, uh, Steve Cook, says to me, he's like, oh, you know, if you're if you're blogging now, like maybe you should check out. Uh, CMO.com, like, you know, this, this uh, millennial topic that you're writing about in marketing, writing about the two together, that's, you know, that's a unique take, and I think a lot of people would be curious about it. And so, you know, I liked the idea, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll send you a couple of uh, articles that I've written. It's like, yeah, sure. And it was kind of, you know, low-key. I'm not really thinking a whole lot about it. Uh, and then I sent them my, one of my articles, and it was uh, Millennial Max, Millennial's Perspective on CES. And he was... You know, it's Michael still talking in the class and he looks at the email and he's like, oh my God, I've, I've read this before. This is you? And oh, uh, cool. so that was kind of the first sign. And I was like, yeah, well, that's, yeah, it is me. Uh, and he's like, yeah, no, I've read this before. This is fantastic. Uh, so I put a couple more articles out kind of on this millennial topic and, uh, and it's stuck. And Millennial Max has got a nice ring to it. So that was... Uh, it does. So yeah, it was kind of an alliteration that got the column going. But uh, oh, he ended up awesome. you know, recommending me and referring me. Yeah, and it took a while. Uh, and then I ended up actually meeting another person uh, who writes for CMO. And I talked to him about it. He liked the idea. And then he pitched uh, my editor. And then 
then that's when my editor reached out and she was like, Hey, you know, a couple of people now have sent me some of your, some of your writing. I think this could be good. Uh, you know, let's get something going here. And now I'm on the hunt each month for a new article topic. And, uh, it's been, uh, it's been fantastic. Well, congrats on it. That's really, I mean, that's exciting. Exciting yeah, and deserved. I, uh, I never, I never thought I'd be writing, like, I don't know, essentially for a living or as much as I am now, but, uh, it's, I feel like I've kind of found my, uh, my voice. Uh, so it just comes easy to me now. Well, Max, this has been awesome. We're, we're almost out of time, but is there something else you want to share with us about you or what you do or just any thought that you thought, Hey, I, I want to, I want to share this before we, before we end this crazy podcasting thing. Uh, well, I could, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my brother, Wyatt. Uh, it was his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, uh, Wyatt. Happy birthday. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, I kind of want a more marketing-related note. Uh, I guess the big takeaway with kind of our conversation earlier is that millennials, we're all we're all different, we're all unique, uh, but there's just certain states of being that we all kind of share uh, that make us, I guess, a generation, if you will. Awesome. And and I, I'm a huge fan of millennials, so I really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and uh, this, has been, this has been super fun. Awesome. And we'll, uh, I, will, I will see you on Snapchat soon. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Have a good one. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Mish. And you've been listening to Mishmash. We will catch you all next time.